0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, confidence high on a Friday. Why quarterback Taysom Hill
1: says it doesn't matter how you defend him, you'll be wrong. Football assistant coach Kelly Papinga on the outside linebackers and the question marks on special teams. Plus some international flavor with
0: BYU basketball assistant Tim Lacombe live in Spain and BYU soccer opens their season in Hawaii. Let's go. This is BYU Sports
2: Nation brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio
0: B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station, back to work, live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Friday, August 21st, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in. Nice to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with recycled golf ball collector Jerem
1: Jordan. Yeah, I'll take him. I lose enough in a given round that I'll I'll take whatever recycled balls I can get. That's the way to go if you want to save money and play golf. Yes. Also, D- we use a couple of apps and websites to get us discounts that are awesome. <laughs> I'm not paid to uh, promote those, so I'm not going to say what they are. You can tweet at me if you want to know.
0: Jeremy will not waste his money seeing a certain movie that the BYU football team did listen, together earlier this listen, week. Listen.
1: We've got there's deflate gate, right? Mm-hmm. Big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Film gate with BYU football happened. So the other day, practice, what is it, Wednesday, practice was canceled? Yes. So that they could go see a movie, float the river, rover, river, okay? So they go to the movie theater. We discovered, sources close to the situation confirmed, that the movie was supposed to be Ant-Man. Which would have been good way mo- better! Good movie. Instead, the theater, for whatever reason, there's the controversy, um, had to change the movie to Fantastic Four. Which we discussed on Wednesday, got 8 or Thursday, got 8%. 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? $120
0: million budget expected to make about $40 million. Who changed the movie?
1: Dun, dun, dun. Filmgate. Filmgate 2015. That is the biggest mistake BYU has made in BYU football <laughs> fall camp so far. If that's the biggest one, they're doing pretty good. I asked
0: Bronco. That was my first question to him yesterday. Hey, who picked the movie? And he said, I don't know. I was on a date with my
1: wife. Good for Bronco. Yeah,
0: well, like I said, he did not miss. He much. went to.
1: He watched John Carter at his house.
0: <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU holding its second public scrimmage tomorrow at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, ten thirty Mountain Time. We will periscope interviews right after that scrimmage on Twitter at BYU TV Sports. Also, Mitch Matthews practiced yesterday partially. And for the record. He
1: caught a touchdown pass on his very first play of Falking. You better believe Taysom Hill's going to throw him that first pass, man. The Cougar Hoopsters won again in Spain yesterday in game two of the international trip, winning 75 52 over Albacete Basket. Uh, Kyle Collinsworth led the way with 15 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 steals, and 3 blocks. Almost a 5-by-5, which is wild. What a slacker. BYU plays Monday against the European Basketball Academy in Barcelona at 2 Eastern. We'll talk with BYU assistant coach Tim Lacombe live from España in 15 minutes.
0: The BYU women's volleyball team ranked 11th nationally and preseason ranked number one according to the West Coast Conference and their coaches poll. The Cougars Won the league last year en route to a national title appearance. BYU's Alexa Gray, Whitney Young-Howard, and Amy Boswell made the 10-player preseason All-WCC team.
1: When BYU went to the West Coast Conference, we thought men's hoops would come in and dominate. It's really been women's volleyball and women's soccer who open their season today. The nineteen twenty Cougars play number 18 Cal. That's a great matchup. 10.30 Eastern time in Hawaii. We'll talk with head coach Jennifer Rockwood from Hawaii in 35 minutes. And that... Is a loaded headline edition.
0: Just to get you ready to rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Whatever they do,
2: they will be wrong. Right, we were pretty good offensively last year, and you know I expect us to do the same thing, but be a little better. Right, like, and and we should we should raise the bar. Right, if, like we should all expect a little bit more of what we did last year.
0: The Associated Press released an article featuring BYU and quarterback Taysom Hill yesterday as part of their college football season team previews. In that article, Taysom Hill delivered a quote that demands a blue-goggle response. Uh Uh-oh. Quote, as long as I'm playing quarterback, my mindset will be making great decisions and getting the ball out on time, Hill said. If I'm making the right decisions and doing those things, defenses can do whatever they want. They can blitz. They can drop eight. It doesn't matter. Whatever they do, they
1: will be wrong. End quote. Whoa! Confidence. Confidence. Put on your blue goggles. Yep. Blue goggles. If alert. Taysom Hill blue feels this alert. way, blue and he should, and I'm, fi- and I'm fine with him saying it, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. I think some people on Twitter were like, hey, don't be so cocky. It's like, do you think Jim McMahon was uh, cockier than Taysom Hill. I know Jim McMahon was a better passer in the end, a better player than Taysom Hill. But you got to have some swag, dog. Brian Logan normally sits in this chair. you got to have swag for the best player in the universe. And Taysom Hill is confident, and he's right. BYU brings back a top 25 offense and Taysom Hill. To me, that equals awesome for this year. Maybe elite. We'll see if BYU has an elite offense. They won't be Baylor. They won't be TCU. But they could be pretty stinking good. With blue goggles on or off, you decide. Answer today tw- uh, today's Twitter question. What level of confidence do you have in the 2015 BYU offense? Okay? Taysom Hill back from injury, all these good receivers, blah, blah, blah. What level of confidence do you have? First tweet. Use the hashtag BYUSN at BYUCJ. 100%. With an older O-line, Hill back at 100%. Kurtz and Matthews at receiver and crew. Hill's comments just breeds confidence. Absolutely they do. At up. About the same as last year, <laughs> Dump them up,
0: which is they will go as far as Taysom can carry them. See, I feel like the offense Literally. is more balanced this year, at least at the wide receiver group. He has more options, more go-to options in the receiver core.
1: Yes. Let's look at 2013 when Taysom was healthy for an entire season. Isn't it wild? He's only had one season healthy. Who were his receivers that year? Cody Hoffman. Skylar Ridley. Skylar Ridley was the number two. Dude worked his butt off. He reminds me of Kurt Henderson. He got he had a huge catch at Houston. But that was your number two, right? JD Fals sprinkled in there. Okay. Former, former walk on, I believe, as well. Good possession receiver, blah, blah, blah. Big catch in 2012 against Utah State to win that game. Rich right? Matthews was injured early. Young, not used to the same degree. Okay, you did not have the same type of group you have this year. With two potential number ones in Mitch, Matthews, and Nick Kurtz, Mitchell Juergens has proven to be a sure-handed, solid, good receiver for BYU. Hopefully, Devon Blackman is more explosive. Taron How, Colby Pearson, Kurt Henderson. I like this group, not to mention the Youngbloods. Think about that list. Mitch
0: Matthews comes back after a 900-plus yard receiving year. Nick Kurtz was recruited by LSU. Oregon offered by those teams. And he has been the fall camp MVP both years Stay healthy, Nick. Mitchell Juergens is a proven commodity. Had four long touchdown catches last year. Devon Blackman starting to show signs. Taron Hauk is a guy that's reliable, has good hands. Colby Pearson made some catches and some touchdown grabs last year. These guys have in-game experience making
1: plays. Plus the up-and-comers. I like MLP, Moroni, Laulu Laulu Okay, He's made a splash in fall camp. Not to mention Josh Weeks. My boy Talon Shumway hasn't had quite the... Uh, pub in fall camp that I thought he would, he's an up-and-comer as well. So that's a, that's a pretty good group. Now that is the strength, Taysom Hill, the biggest strength, receiver strength. But there are some question marks on the other sides of the ball for the offense that have to be discussed here. Offensive line depth and running backs, obviously, question marks.
0: Now before we get to more of the question marks, I will say this. The receiving core should, looking at who they bring back and what they have done in the past, The receiving core should help Taysom Hill's completion percentage. And that's good news if you want Taysom Hill to have a special season. That brings us to our stat
1: of the day. It's
2: the BYU Sports Nation
1: stat of the day. Taysom Hill completes 64% of his passes and wins. That's pretty good. Okay, what about losses? Losses, 46%. An 18% difference. Okay. And I've screamed this from this pulpit uh, multiple times. Last year... Taysom Hill was a 67% passer. Things had changed. Efficiency had gone up. Yes, he's an elite runner. He had become a good passer. Is he great at timing routes? Does he get the ball out on time and quickly all the time? No. He's not, he's not that guy. But
0: he says he wants to be that guy to get it out quicker and on time.
1: Yes, and Taysom Hill is going to make better business decisions this year, I think. Which means he's going to pass the rock. He's going to pass the rock, and I think he's going to do it effectively. And there are more guys to throw it to. You're not throwing to walk-ons against Utah in the 2013 game on fourth down. You're throwing to guys that you trust and that have proven something. I also, want... I want to mention this. His first pass ever was a touchdown for Con- Taysom Hill. Connie Akua-Friel. Against Washington State as a freshman. Wildcat, he throws a touchdown. I
0: want you to listen to this soundbite and tell me, BYU Sports Nation, If you're buying in to what Taysom Hill says here.
2: I'm a quarterback first, right? Like, I would much rather throw a touchdown than I would run one any day. You be the judge. Now, I almost
1: don't believe him there, honestly. I I almost don't believe him. Because if I'm Taysom, I trust my legs more than my arm. More can go wrong with my arm than my legs. But if the dude says it, if the dude says it, then that's how he feels.
0: He is the quarterback. He sat here in Studio B and told us, I want to throw a touchdown more than I want to run for one.
1: What would Terrell Owens say about Taysom Hill?
0: He's my quarterback. He's my quarterback. Yes. Okay, so the confidence... while he has his shirt off doing push-ups in his own lawn. ...breeds very high at the quarterback and receiver position. And as we just pointed out, with the completion percentage, what he did last year and what he brings back in his receiving group, my goodness, things look like they will be very, very productive. And he looks great in practice. But how much help will Taysom Hill get from his running back group with the loss of Jamal Williams? And now we look at the question marks that Jerem alluded to just a few moments ago. The offensive line depth and the running backs, which kind of go hand in hand. Algie Brown has been designated as the guy. He's the starter. But is it going to be by committee? Is Algie going to get most of the carries? I don't think so. Adam Hine and Nate Carter have both been mentioned quite a few times by offensive coaches and head coach Bronco Mendenhall in fall camp that they will have their opportunity. So running back by committee, along with Taysom and the receivers, how confident are you in this offense this year?
1: I like Algernon Brown. I think Nate Carter should get a bigger shot. Uh, Adam Hine had a great game against Texas last year. Other than that, I don't think he's been a very um, productive running back. He's really good at returning kicks course had the touchdown last year 37th in the NCAA and return average last year Um, so I'm a little I'm a little worried about this group just because if Algernon Brown is your number two that's good I I think he's got a shot at one but Nate Nate Carter being your number two can he pass block to the degree BYU needs Um, is he when he's in there is it obvious BYU is going to run that's a question mark I have Um, and then does Riley Burt get some looks yesterday Riley Burt was pretty good in practice at running back, the freshman from Box Elder High School uh, in Brigham City. So, we'll, we'll see what we get from this group. A, a, a little bit of concern. Now, here's the thing: you got to throw Taysom Hill in as as a as a runner. I know it's not a running back, but with the spread option, there's an option for the quarterback to run. And if it's there, take it. Now, with running back by committee,
0: if you had to put a number on a successful season, running the ball with Taysom Hill and that stable of running backs. What would you put it at? Fifteen hundred combined yards, sixteen hundred, something like that. Would that be successful for BYU oh, f- for those guys running not the ball? Not Taysom, Taysom, including, oh, including
1: those guys. Oh no, you want to push two thousand? Okay, so you want yeah. two thousand rushing yards for this offense Taysom? to be successful? Okay. you've really got, yeah, you've really got to rush the ball effectively. I, I got to look at what they did, what they did last year, just to have a reference here. Because th- this team, I think, might need to pass the ball more than we thought because Jamal's not there. I, I don't think you can force it with the group and just, okay, it's going to set up what we need. BYU needs uh, at least three yards on first down because second and seven, you can do either one. You, can you don't want to be in third and longs. Third and seven, eight, nine, ten plus. If you're in third and six, that's a, great, that's a great down for Taysom Hill because he can run for that if he needs to, but you're probably calling a pass play. The offensive line, the
0: starters have experience. It looks pretty good, but the depth is a concern. Who is going to come in if someone gets banged up? And when you're running 90 to 100 plays a game, you have to have a two deep on the offensive a, line.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned there. I, I think the starters are, are good. I don't know about the backups. Guess what? We get to find out some answers to these questions in an actual
0: game format in like two weeks.
1: Countdown to
0: the Cornhuskers. Okay, not quite two weeks, but close enough. <laughs> two weeks from tomorrow, BYU football takes the field at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska. Actual college Fun football. Ball!
1: Hey, do you want to know how many yards BYU rushed for last year? Okay, here we go. 2,363. 2,363. The year before, which was, I believe, the most BYU had ever rushed for, I, I believe. Was that
0: close to 3,000? 3,
1: 3,473. Wow. 1,110 more yards. In 2013, rushing okay. the ball. Okay. Woo! Let's go to the Twitter machine.
3: It's Twitter time.
0: A conversation happening right now. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What level of confidence do you have in the 2015 BYU offense? At Young 1993 says, pretty high. Still a little concerned about running back, but hopefully the running game is opened up because of the wide receivers. If you want your Great best point. players to play – and we think that the best playmakers right now are wide receivers and your quarterback, how much running do you need to have this offense be successful? You've pegged it at 2,000-plus.
1: You still you still need rushing. It's not like BYU is going to fling it all over the place the whole time. There you go. Up next, BYU basketball
0: is on topic. Assistant coach Tim Lacombe joins us live from Spain. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation as always. Use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: BYU TV's newest show, Inside BYU Football, debuts Tuesday, September 5th, uh, September 1st. 7 Eastern time. Check it out. We'll give you an insider's look as our cameras take you into the meeting rooms, coaches' offices, practices, and so forth. As you see the 2015 BYU football team like you've never seen a BYU football team before, that's September 1st, a Tuesday, 7 Eastern time inside BYU football. Cannot wait for this program.
0: You've got September 5th on the mind.
1: That's an I understandable slip-up. We've been talking about September 5th all year, <laughs> literally. What level
0: of confidence do you have in the 2015 BYU football offense? Send in your tweets. At TwinGuy33 says, My confidence is high. Our passing attack will be so prolific that it will open up the run game 40-plus points a
1: game. That's the hope. And and the individual game hope is that you can get over 24. I, I've said before, I think BYU's defense is is going to give up maybe a few more points than average. So 27, maybe 29 might be a more reasonable goal. Score 30. Score 30, you win a lot Might as well score 30.
0: Joining us now, our first guest on BYU Sports Nation this Friday is Tim Lacombe, BYU basketball assistant coach, who is hanging out live in Spain. Tim, welcome to BYU Sports Nation.
4: Hey, it's great to be with you guys. All right, at
0: this point, after our conversations this morning, we want to know, have you figured out how to argue with referees in Spanish yet?
4: No. Um, what, it, what we've all kind of done is we're fortunate to have Coach May, Andrew May on our staff, who speaks Spanish. Um, and so I just go over and tell him, hey, tell that referee this. And then he kind of, I don't know what he tells him for sure, but he's kind of the guy that communicates. And Coach, Coach has been using him too, and it's great. I mean, it's actually almost good when they we can't understand each other because even when we speak the same language, we don't understand each other. So. Um, <laughs> it seems about right
1: all you need to translate is ref you suck that 's what you yeah that 's what you need to figure out'll <laughs>
4: will yes, let, let you say that I think <laughs> <we're off>. uh,
1: <laughs> when you when you look at the game you played yesterday, we heard it was like a hundred degrees in that gym. What was that like to play all basket
4: uh you know what it was it was a great experience um it was a it's a pro level team um, veteran guys they they had their American guys weren't over there yet, but they had, um, their Spanish guys and a couple, they had a big guy from Cuba that was there. was pretty good. And, um, I was really impressed. Felt like they were, they were a really sound team, shot the ball well, had good post guys, um, ran really good offense, you know, very physical, played smart. And, uh, you know, halftime of the game, was tied. Um, and we played, uh, we just kind of decided we're not going to play Jamal on back to backs. So he didn't play, and Corey Calvert kind of tweaked his ankle in the first game. So we had two guys we were missing. But um, we we went in at halftime and, you know, felt like we would make shots and just kind of keep playing. And uh, second half kind of went on about 11 low, 12, 13-0 run uh, somewhere in the third quarter and um, were able to pull away and win pretty comfortably. But uh, it was a great experience. It was hot in there, and um, we uh, we definitely – Um, felt the heat in in that gym. I kept asking the guys there if they'd turn on the air conditioning, and they just kind of chuckled at Um, me. But it was really cool. The local community kind of showed up and and supported their team, and it was really fun. So uh, the trip itself has been great, and I've been very impressed with our guys so far and, and what they've been able to accomplish.
0: Tim LaCombe with us, live in Spain, BYU basketball assistant coach. The Cougars have played two games. They have a couple of wins. I know it's hard at this point, Tim, but if if you've learned anything, what is it through these two games that you've played in Spain?
4: Well, we, we felt coming in that we um, we had, you know, some guys that had really gave us a boost last year and, and going into their senior years and Kyle and Chase. And I think the one thing that's very evident um, early on about this trip is kind of confirmed something we've already believed is we've got great leadership. Um, Kyle and Chase are – Are terrific leaders, guys that get it done on and off the floor, Uh, guys that, you know, they're very vocal on the floor and, and there's, we've got a lot of young guys that, you know, want to kind of try to emulate and be as good as them. So they, they follow what they do. So our leadership's been terrific. It's also been great having guys healthy. Uh, I spoke with Jamal earlier, having his presence. I mean, he's, he's a different guy than we've had, you know, last year we kind of played four by committee, even playing guards and, uh, to be able to have some presence in there, field the ball inside. Between he and Kyle Davis and Nate Austin, Corbin Kafusi, you know, there's a good mix of, of big guys that are uh, that play really well together. And so we've been very, very good that way. We've been really physical. I think um, one of the stats that I'm most impressed with, I think, in two games, we've given up 13 offensive rebounds. Uh, we've won each game, you know, 20 plus in the rebound advantage. So. Um, feel like our guys, you know, the, the little things that we've been kind of trying to emphasize uh, I think they've
1: been really good at. Who are some of the players that need this trip the most, in your opinion?
4: You know, I, I think more than anything, rather than individual guys, I think our team needed it. Um, we, we're, we're going through a real transition here uh, from an era where Tyler, you know, uh, did a lot of our scoring. Obviously, Kyle's back and was a huge part of our success, but um, we've got a lot of new faces and there's, there's, it's interesting. Because we have young guys that have never played and we've got guys who've played at different universities and transferred in. Uh, we've got a guy like Nate, who's, I've got a ton of experience, but he's coming off a year where he's, you know, basically sat and watched for, for most of the year and he's got a fifth year back. Um, and then younger guys like Jake Coulson and, um, you know, a guy like Corey Calvert getting off his mission. And so it's just, I think more than anything, I think our team is going to benefit from this the most. Um, The time that we spend, 10 days we were able to practice, the time we were able to play these four games, but also this time to kind of gel off the floor and hang out together and uh, get to know each other. So uh, I think our team is going to benefit from this more than anybody.
0: I've heard the word balance tossed around a lot about this BYU basketball team that comes back for the 2015-2016 season. And we couldn't help but notice in that first game the front line production from Kyle Davis and from Jamal Aites and Nate Austin. How much scoring do you want from your front line this year, when it really didn't happen that much last year because you were so guard heavy?
4: Well, I think uh, you know we've always been a team that tries to play inside out, and even you know in the Jimmer years, and people forget that we had Noah and we had Brandon and. You know, if you're going to be a really sound basketball team, you've got to be able to throw the ball in pivotal parts of the game. and get baskets. And I think it's obvious last year that we had really young post guys who um, were definitely trying to learn to play. Um, But the the season was moving and we had to kind of progress. And so we played four guards and it got us through. And I, I really do believe Coach might have done his best job ever at BYU last year with all the stuff that we were kind of dealing with. Um, With injuries and that sort of thing, and the way you kind of juggle the lineups. But I think balance is really important um, in the way you get your baskets. And I think balance is really important as far as uh, our team. You know, um, what I love about looking right now at the stats in two games out here is, you know, we've got, I think, five or six guys in double figures. We've got guys just outside double figures. Um, We can throw the ball on the post and we can get baskets if we. You know, hopefully our guys are going to demand double teams. And, you know, particularly Kyle and Jamal, two guys that can really score down there if they're left alone. Um, And they're great passers. And so Coach Nash does an unbelievable job with our offense. And, uh, you know, our spacing has got to be really good. But we throw the ball in the post and and get baskets that way. And then we can run guys off screens, you know, shoot the ball. And we also have Kyle as an unbelievable weapon getting to the basket. Coming off ball
1: screens and making decisions, so
4: balance is a, is a great word. It's a word you strive for every year, and it's something hopefully we can have this year.
1: Tim, the BYU basketball schedule is out for next year. Uh, what uh, what sticks out to you about the schedule that you guys put together?
4: Um, it's always it's always uh, an interesting thing, you know. Uh, when Coach Rice was here, I watched him do the schedule, and then when he left, uh, you know, he and Coach Rose put it together and. And that kind of came became Coach Rose kind of gave that to me, and he and I put that thing together. And, you know, we we, we burn the phone lines up, and we try to get every team we can get, you know. And uh, the, the sticking point is always the fact that, hey, we don't want to come back to Provo. <laughs> and so uh, we, we get really creative. But I think what we're excited about, and I think what we've been able to do um, is we've tried to, to – to see where teams are going to be, you know, where they've been RPI-wise over a five-year period. Uh, the guys they are returning where maybe they're expected to be in their league and their RPI going into this year. Uh, and it all becomes a numbers game. Um, I know that, you know, a team like, for instance, Belmont, you know, it's, not, it's not a, a Duke or a Michigan State or something like that, but um, it, I'll tell you what, they're a high-level outfit, uh, returning the majority of their team, the NCAA tournament team. They'll have a great RPI they did last year They play a great schedule. Um, And so we're excited that we got that game uh, coming to the Merrick Center. Uh, Central Michigan is another team that uh, just barely missed the NCAA tournament, did really well in the postseason, the NIT. uh, And then they're returning all of their – I think they returned 97% of their production from last year. uh, And they were a top 45, 50 RPI team. So – we feel really good about that. And then we were able to get a home-and-home home with Colorado, which we're excited about, uh, start there. Uh, and in the tournament, you know, obviously all the in-state schools, we're going to play U of U, Utah State, Weber State, Utah. Um, and we're excited about that, and those are always fun. And then uh, everything kind of gears up toward that tournament in Hawaii. We play Harvard the first night, and then, uh, you know, win loser lose or Auburn, uh, excuse me, Auburn, New Mexico, which will be really fun a great opportunity uh Oklahoma and Northern Iowa some really good teams sit on the other side of that thing Washington State so I feel like we're going to get really really tested um we're going to play really great teams and uh definitely prepare ourselves for for league
0: BYU basketball assistant coach Tim Lacombe joining us live from the international trip that the Cougars are on right now in Spain Tim, I have this vision in my mind of what it's like to try and convince some of these high-level <laughs> programs to come to Provo. Hey, come play us in the Marriott Center, where you're going to have a 97% chance of losing. How, <laughs> how how do those conversations go? How do you convince a team to come to Provo? Well, you just
4: the thing you have to be is really persistent, and, and everything in life is relationships. You know, recruiting is is relationships and. Um, obviously, everything off the floor is relationships, and and there's no scheduling is no different. So we've been able to, you know, you spend a lot of time out on the recruiting trail, and you're sitting next to coaches, and so it's a matter of just kind of striking up conversation, getting to know people. Um, and there are some people that just won't play. You know, uh, they just won't, they don't want anything to do with it. They just, you know, they, they there are certain teams that actually don't even really leave home in the preseason. They don't have to. Um, in, you know, the ACC or FCC. So, you know, you're kind of up against it anyway. But um, like this year, for instance, um, there's a there's a board that teams post, you know, hey, we're looking for games. And um, and I've gotten to know pretty well uh, one of the coaches at Colorado, and we actually talked and made a connection. And they were like, hey, we'd love to start a series. We, you guys will start here. We'll come back. And that's kind of how it works. And, you know, we're already right now, I'm already starting to feel – uh, and put out stuff for next year. You know, trying to get the very best schedules we can. Um, but it's it's tough. And uh, I can promise you that we we definitely try and uh, we try to put our best schedule together. And I think next year, you know, looking at what we're going to be able to have with Colorado, and then hopefully some other things are going to pop for us in our multi-team event that we're trying to get into for next year. Um, we'll just continue to try to very play the very best teams we can and. and you know, try to try to get that number at the end of the year where you need it to be to, uh, you know, if you don't win your league tournament to get into into the uh, the dance.
1: Lastly, what are you bringing back for the set from Spain? Back from the set, I don't know that
4: horchata would that would probably spoil, <laughs> right? But that was really good. I had that last night. Paella has been really good. I mean, yeah. most things have been food oriented. Um, I'm telling you guys right now, I'm, I'm in Valencia, Spain. We spent. Today we kind of had – it's been really busy, you know, from Madrid to Valencia, but today's kind of a a chill day, and we were on one of the most incredible beaches I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's all great. What What are you bringing back (laughs) for the set? Maybe I'll bring you back – I'm just rubbing it in. um, Maybe I'll bring you back – you know, I still owe you guys those shirts from uh, Hawaii, so maybe I can just give you those shirts and say, hey, we're Hawaii slash Spain.
1: Sort of a cop-out, but at least we get something. (laughs) Jerem, let it go.
4: <laughs> they're, they're selling these really cool, like, flares that they shoot up in the air. Little kids love me. They'll bring you back those. Okay. The like guys out on the street here are selling me. Beggars it, can't be them. choosers,
0: baby. <laughs> Tim, we appreciate the time. Enjoy uh, the vacation aspect and enjoy the basketball part, too. Thanks.
4: All right. I hey, appreciate you guys having me on. Ciao.
0: Tim Lacombe, live from Spain, BYU Basketball 2-0. and couple of games, couple of wins. Cente Basket, he mentioned, is a top-level uh, team in Spain. They didn't have their full roster. Here's a good, I,
1: that's a good win. Here's what I got out of, that, out of that conversation. There was good stuff. Colorado's coming to Provo. Good. They got a home-and-home home with Colorado. It's that's really great. hard There's to a, get good his,
0: teams to his, come to Provo.
1: Yeah, he said a lot of good stuff. Um, Colorado's coming to Provo. That's nice.
0: Up next, we go back to football. Inside linebacker, excuse me, outside linebacker's coach, Kelly Papinga, also in charge of the special team's answers. What are the biggest question marks on those two position groups? Welcome back, sports friends on a Friday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in radio vision Yo! live on BYU Radio simulcast on BYU TV.
1: Get on your computer machines, log on to the internet with your modems, and vote on the greatest plane in independence on BYUTV.org. Unless you have T1. You remember that? It was like, oh, man, I have DSL. Come over. We can actually load pages quicker than a minute. Go on the internet, vote on boa.tv.org for the greatest place in independence. The final four is going on right now. The fantastic four, whatever, consists of Kyle Vanoy's hit six. That's a great nickname. I think our producer came up with that. Versus no helmet, no problem. That's Spencer's favorite. It's my baby. And the leap of faith versus the goal line stand against Boise State. Vote now. Both races are not
0: very close right now. But yeah. I won't tell you what what's happening. You go on and vote and look and see I for will. yourself. The no, don't do are that.
1: dominating. So <laughs> Why do you do you... that? Why do you do that? Why not? Porque oh, por no, in the spirit of España and yelling at refs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Andrew Mace translating like, oh, I didn't learn that on my mission. Uh, go back to your T1 internet connection. We never had T1, dude. I think we got DSL like five years later, like in 2000. <laughs> I went on my mission, and I went on my mission. We didn't have a DVD player in my house. My, wow, my really? two-year LDS mission trip.
0: How About that, yeah, technology. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. The Cougars holding their second public scrimmage tomorrow on the football side at Lovell Edwards Stadium, ten thirty a.m. Mountain Time. We will periscope interviews right after that scrimmage on Twitter. Follow at BYU TV Sports. Also, Mitch Matthews. Did practice yesterday partially. He caught a touchdown pass on the first play of that practice.
1: Mitch-match. Don't forget it. The Cougar Hoopsters won again in Spain yesterday in Game 2 of the international trip, winning 75-52 over Albacete Basket. Kyle Collinsworth led the way with 15 points, 7 boards, 8 assists, 5 steals, and 3 blocks. BYU plays Monday against the European Basketball Academy in Barcelona at 2 Eastern. We just spoke with Tim Lacombe. If you missed that, download the podcast on iTunes.
0: Albacete and Barcelona? Uh Uh-huh. Is that, is that how that works? I don't know.
1: <laughs> someone someone told me it's obathetic. Tim
0: LaCombe just told us that BYU has a home-and-home home with Colorado.
1: Yes, and he made it sound like uh, that is the next season. So not this season, but 2016-17 in Provo. So already a good home game to look forward to. They with were the, 118 in the RPI, Power 5 team, But a Power Packerals 5 team, team coming nice to Provo.
0: The women's volleyball team number one in the preseason West Coast Conference coaches poll, They won the league last year en route to a national title appearance. Alexa Gray, Whitney Young-Howard, and Amy Boswell all on the all-WCC preseason team.
1: And the women's soccer season begins today. The 19th-ranked Cougars play 18th-ranked Cal today at 10.30 Eastern time in a rematch of the national championship rugby game. This is in Hawaii, 10.30 Eastern time. Okay, We'll talk to head coach Jennifer Rockwood coming up in a few minutes.
0: BYU outside linebackers coach and special teams coordinator, Kelly Papinga, is never short on energy. Ever. I don't. Is there a low energy moment in his life? I don't know. He is the focus of today's BYU Sports Nation all-access football interview. Kelly, you're at the midway point of fall camp. Are you where you want to be in terms of uh, what you're seeing from the special teams and your linebackers? Uh, I
2: would say definitely. Um... You know, just talk, going through special teams, I think great returner and Adam Hine still trying to solidify who he got at uh, punt returner. But I think, you know, Eric Takanaka has been a guy that's been consistent. Micah Hanneman, and then there are some other guys in there fighting. Mitch Jurgens has been a guy. Um, and so, talking in the return game, I think we're going to be really good there with the punters. Johnny Linehan is coming in and just as the camp's gone on he keeps getting better and better so super excited about that and then Rhett Allman is just right there pushing him along the way so the competition there uh, we're really excited about nobody's uh, you know kind of feeling like it's their spot and relaxing and so it's good to have competition in that position I think we have two guys right there that in the future are going to be really really good punters for BYU Um, and then with the kicking game you know having Trevor back excited about that and then Matt Foley's a really good long snapper that um, over time is needed to get bigger and stronger and uh, run better and all that, but as a freshman, can really z- uh, zing the ball, so as long as we you know, keep those guys healthy, I think we have a really good core of, of special teams players.
1: How would you assess your outside linebackers so far?
2: Yeah, I think uh, we started off slow. Um, Fred, uh, I thought, struggled at the beginning, and as camp has gone on, he's gotten... Uh, uh, man I think he 's felt more comfortable he 's gotten more confident with his injury. I think he was a little tentative at the beginning with his back and his wrist and and now I think uh, as we 've gone on, I feel like he uh, has played better, has made more plays and um, his leadership, I think is you know one thing that he 's a vocal guy, um, and so it 's helped our team and I think our leaders and of our team are doing way better than they 've done over the past five years, and which makes me feel like we are farther along than we 've been over the past five years at this point during fall camp.
0: Harvey Long, you said he wanted to be one of the vocal leaders, straight up. Like, I, I want to be that guy. Is he emerging as the guy Harvey's, in the
2: linebacker? I would say Harvey is the main guy that is the vocal leader of that group, but Mano Pakula has been a guy that has stood out to me because he's always kind of been a soft-spoken, you know, kind of stand to the back. But now that he's a senior, I think he sees that this is now his team. And with him and Harvey and Bronson, Uh, man, I think we have a great core of senior leadership that are really taking hold of this defense and saying, hey, if this is what we accomplished, then this is what we need to do. And I think uh, there's been some hard things that they've had to do, but I think those three guys have done a great job of keeping everybody together and making sure that this thing continues to go forward instead of taking any steps back.
1: Who do you have penciled in as your starters at the Sam and Will, and who are the backups?
2: The pencilers, man. I would say Fred right now would be our Will, or sorry, our Sam. Um, And then a guy that's really come in, surprisingly, Scott Huntsman. Come in as a walk-on from Texas, and right now would be our second Sam, and has done a great job. Um, is going to be a really good player. I think Cougar fans of the future are going to be super excited that we got this guy as a walk-on. and If he keeps going and progressing the way, then he'll eventually earn a scholarship. But then from there, I would say, at the will position with Jeremiah and Sai, we're really solid. And then, um, you know, we got some other guys that are fighting for position. You know, some playing time with Lena and. Tyler Cook and Sione when we get when he gets uh, back but uh we got a great core of outside backers linebackers in general and I think there's you know those some of those guys can go in and play inside backer as well so um man I think I I mean I think really as a group and a whole group this is the best group we've had in a long time now as outside backers they have a ways to go to those Kyle Banoi, Lonnie Fua, Spencer Hadley combination that we had but uh excited about the whole group in general and think that they're going to be really good players.
0: When you look at solidifying a roster... At this point, do you want to have guys kind of in their positions, or do you like that there is raging competition going until like you absolutely have to begin preparation for Nebraska?
2: Yeah, so next week, I would say by next Wednesday, right before we get our prep into Nebraska, um, the competition is going to be alive and it's going to be going. But by that time, there's really not any more time for that. You got to get the guys reps that need reps that are going to be in the game, and uh, there's no more time messing around with the threes or the fours and seeing if they can you know outplay a two or a one. And so they're going to to have plenty of chances to do that up until next wednesday and then next wednesday will be set guys that uh, are out of the two deep will unfortunately be probably on the scout team and that's that's a tough deal and tough conversation to have but that's just how this thing goes and it's a competitive um you know team sport and they understand it but uh you know i feel like any of those guys really could step in and do a great job for us
0: all right kelly bring the energy to studio b next time huh <laughs> Do guys, <laughs> okay, thanks, Kelly. So he told us a few things there. First of all, uh, he has guys penciled in at this point, at the midway point, of who he wants
1: to start. And next Wednesday, they will lock that in uh, to where ones and twos, okay, you're the guys, let's get you reps. Not, I don't want to say waste, but it is when you're prepping for Nebraska, the threes and fours.
0: Is that the second most exciting day of fall camp when you get the, the depth chart for the first game? Other than like just opening up with the first practice because it's the first practice. All exciting, man. Football is bad. Every day, right? What level of confidence do you have in the 2015 BYU offense? We'll talk to Jen Rockwood and BYU Soccer next. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in
1: Studio B. September 1st, 7 Eastern Time. BYU TV presents inside BYU football. All access look at the program. Check that out. Tuesday, September 1st, the debut. One hour, 7 Eastern on BYU TV.
0: 19th-ranked BYU women's soccer begins the regular season today in Hawaii against another ranked opponent, 18th-ranked California head coach Jen Rockwood was a recent interviewee on our show. Here is that interview. Coach, how did you get the idea of this Hawaii trip in the first place?
3: Well, we've been out to Hawaii in years past and had some great experiences and Um, When I just found out Hawaii was looking for some teams to come out and play um, some top programs, I've been looking at that over the last few years. And we just had an opportunity to come out and play Cal and Stanford. And so it's an opportunity to play those type of quality teams on a neutral site. You know, I kind of jumped on it. So Plus, you know, it is Hawaii, so that's not a bad place to go. (laughs) But but to be honest, it was really um, just the fact to have those two teams on a neutral site.
1: Jen, when you look at uh, scheduling with women's soccer, how does how does it work? How much is done by, say, the athletic department versus you and then maybe presenting it for uh, approval?
3: Yeah, I do all the scheduling, all we have over the last 20 years. Um, that's just something, you know, within coaches, so, uh, women's soccer, the coaches do scheduling themselves. So it's so something I've always done. Um, and, uh, you know, the, this year and next year, we we're looking to have a pretty loaded schedule, which we actually have had the last couple years. Um, but I'm pretty confident and, and feel pretty good about this group of girls. And, and so we really wanted to challenge ourselves in the, in the non-conference schedule to see kind of where we are. So no better way to challenge yourself than go play two top 20 teams. Oh
0: well, yeah, you've certainly done that with 18th rank California, and then three days later you play 3rd rank Stanford. How do the girls that you're coaching this year feel about such an early, tough test?
3: Well, I think they're excited. You know, we, we had a great season last year. We ended – You know, not certainly not how we had wanted to with the loss in the first round. I thought we were better than that, but we just didn't put it all together. And and I think that kind of challenged them and motivated them to work hard over the summer. And, you know, we have a lot of experience returning this year uh, as opposed to last year where we were one of the youngest teams we've ever had in our program's history. So we have some great experience. You know, a lot of uh, sophomores and juniors that played for us a lot last year. And and so I think they're looking forward to the challenge. You know, we, we have high expectations, and you just don't know where you are and, and so you go play good teams. And we're going to learn a lot from this weekend, no matter what happens. you know, we're just going to try and play our very best and see and, where uh, the ball rolls.
1: You're coming off of a 3-2 win over Arizona in an exhibition. That's a pretty tough exhibition. Did you schedule that game because you do come out of the gate with two-ranked teams?
3: Uh, yes, absolutely. That was done intentionally. Um, you know, last year we played an alumni game, and, and that was fun to, to see some of our girls, and it gave us some competition, but it didn't really – uh, allow us to see kind of what we needed to work on. And, and Arizona, you know, a team that uh, is very athletic, very physical, they play a different style, uh, and so we we tried to adjust to that a little bit. It made us girls think a lot more during the game than just going out and playing. So I think it was a great exhibition for us. Um, certainly uh, had a look at some things that we needed to make improvements on, and we've we had a few days to do that, talk about that. So, Uh, Yeah, that was intentional getting ready
0: for this weekend. BYU head soccer coach Jennifer Rockwood joining us live from Hawaii as the 19th-ranked Cougars get underway against a couple of top 20 Pac-12 teams. What did you learn about your team after that exhibition against Arizona?
3: Um, well, I thought the goals that we scored were really nice goals. You know, in soccer, sometimes you get crap goals, <laughs> you get goals that were a bit lucky. But the fact that we built up to those goals, um, that was great. I do think that's going to be one of our strengths um, going into this season is our attack, uh, especially led by Ashley Hatch, Michelle, uh, and Elena. And then you had uh, you had Nadia and uh, Maddie Lyons into the mix. That's that's some pretty fast, athletic. Um, Players coming at you. And, um, you know, we're going to be up against Stanford in a couple of days. I think they were the number one defense in the country last year. So we'll, we'll kind of see where we are with that. But defensively, we just need to settle down a little bit. I thought we were a little rusty, a little shaky. I think the nerves got the best of us with a great fan base to play in front of. Um, and so hopefully those nerves will settle down a little bit and we'll just be able to keep the ball a little bit more in our defensive end.
1: With the new missionary age, you have a new challenge. You have to, I don't want to say deal with, but work with uh, return missionaries uh, in women's soccer now. Paige Hunt, for example, you put her in as a mm-hmm. sub. She scored. That was quite the performance. What's, what's that like now, having that new challenge of some return missionaries and waiting to get them back at the right time?
3: Yeah, it, it definitely has been a challenge for us. Um, last August, it started last August uh, when my first player came and told me they wouldn't be with us this fall. So obviously a great opportunity experience for them, but we had five girls that I was planning on the roster this fall, uh, you know, that are out on missions right now. And so that, that's a little tricky because you can't replace a roster spot in a year, especially with our recruiting. You can't even do it in two years. So um, a lot of that is just, you know, seeing how it all works out. You know, uh, Rachel Boss came back in January and, and was able to kind of uh, go right ahead with everything. And she's had some time to prepare. Paige Hunt just got back at the first of July, and we didn't think she would be ready this fast, to be honest with you. She's worked extremely hard. She's such a competitor and one of our very best players when she left on her mission. And I anticipate she'll play a lot for us this weekend.
0: Talking with Jen Rockwood, the head coach of BYU Women's Soccer. She is live in Hawaii right now. Coach, did Paige tell you that she woke up at 5.30 in the morning every single day on her mission mm-hmm. to stay in shape?
3: <laughs> um, I did not was every single day, but I certainly knew that Paige was doing whatever was allowed and possible. to to do what she could do to make sure she was ready after she was done with her service. And so, again, as I mentioned, she's extremely disciplined and competitive. She knows what it's like to be in in elite shape for for an athlete level. And I know she worked as hard as she could throughout her mission to to be ready as soon as she can. And uh, it's really paid off for her because, as I mentioned, in a month and a half, uh, she's ready to go.
1: When you look at Ashley Hatch, a fantastic season last year, of course, the 18 goals. How do you how do you get even more production out of her this year?
3: Um, well, Ashley creates uh, so many of her goals herself. And so if she continues to work hard defensively, um, you know, I think even more will come. The fact that she's had more experience around her now with Michelle Murphy, uh, obviously Murphy coming off an ACL last fall early on, it took her a little while to kind of get back into her rhythm, but she's playing at 100% right now. We also have Nadia Golems, who's, who's playing so well. Uh, she's just been a nice little surprise, a little light in her attack. Um, and, and between the combination of our forwards and our attacking mid with Elena, I think Ashley's going to get a lot more looks this year than she even did last year. So we're expecting great things from her as well as the, the players that are around her. We do need more goals from our other forwards uh, and our other midfielders. and So that's something we've talked a lot about in the off season.
0: I know this is a business trip with games to be played, but don't you have to manage at least a little bit of fun and the Hawaiian experience mixed in with soccer? And if so, how do you do that? How do you keep your team focused but let them enjoy the trip?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they all know why we're here. You know, that's something we talk about all the time in our program is, you know, we're fortunate that our administration gives us money to travel great places to play, Um, you know, opponents that are really going to challenge us because we want to be our very best. But at the same time, when you're here for as long as we are, we we definitely want to enjoy the opportunity to be here. Um, And so, yeah, we'll do the snorkeling. We'll do the beach thing. We'll go up to the North Shore. uh, We'll go up to the Temple and and see BYU Hawaii campus. So there's a lot of fun things that we'll be doing in between training uh, and our game.
1: We'll finish with this. Is anyone sunburned already?
3: (laughs) No, thank goodness. We got here right as the sun was going down. But they do have (laughs) warnings that the sun's a little bit stronger here than it is in Utah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully no one will come home with a sunburn. That's that's our main goal.
0: BYU picked to win a fourth consecutive West Coast Conference championship by the latest coaches poll. Jen, always good to talk to you. We wish you the best of luck against California and Stanford.
3: Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. BYU Sports Nation
1: presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar whip Around Football. BYU will hold its second scrimmage of fall camp tomorrow at Lavelle Edwards Stadium at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Updates and interviews from our Twitter account will happen at BYU Sports Nation, at BYU TV Sports. We'll have a complete breakdown of that game uh, or scrimmage on Monday.
0: Women's volleyball. 11th ranked BYU women's volleyball picked to win the West Coast Conference by the coaches. Alexa Gray, Amy Boswell, and Whitney Howard, Young Howard rather, selected as all West Coast Conference preseason teamers.
2: Soccer Game
1: day, 19th-ranked BYU women's soccer opens the season tonight, 10.30 Eastern time in Hawaii. They play 18th-ranked Cal. Cougars
0: in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays tees off at 1.20 p.m. Eastern time. He's 3-under, tied for 47th. Currently, Zach Blair is even par. One over on his round today, tied for 105th. 105th? Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most, DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to Jacob Hanneman again. Dude. For the fourth time this year on SportsCenter's Top Ten for making another great baseball catch. It was
1: the first pitch of the game, not to mention he hit a home run, but his team lost 17-4. to Our elite tweet of the day answers
0: this question. What level of confidence do you have in the 2015 BYU offense? From at Fat Pratt 15, 88% confidence level. This coming from a guy that took stats
1: twice. (laughs) Thanks to Tim Lacombe, Kelly Papinga, and Jennifer Rockwood and everyone on our group.
0: Show on demand on BYUSN.com, or you can download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app for Jerem. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Donnie Attawaya. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend!